0: So I am on the line today. It's a privilege to have one of the biggest names in comedy all time and currently uh, also going to be performing at the historic Paramount Theater tomorrow, Saturday, October 14th in Oakland, the one and only George Lopez. George, thank you so much for your time. And how are you feeling today, man? Uh,
1: You know, Rudy, I'm feeling pretty good, man. You know, it's it's been a good uh, summer into into the fall. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, that's good, man. I'm glad to hear that, especially since you got a big show coming up uh, in Oakland. And, you know, you're back in the Bay Area. Um, we love you out here. So tell us about, you know, your your experience performing uh, in the Bay Area in the past. Are you looking forward to getting back to, to Oakland?
1: Well, yeah, man. I mean, you know, I've always been a fan of uh, going up there to the Bay Area. You know, Oakland, Paramount is historic, like you said. I mean, I've seen uh, the transformation in the city, which I think is, is great. Met the mayor met with Santana. Uh, at one of his shows you know i i go where i go where the people go man like you know i think no matter what happens to you or however your life changes i think there's something that grounds uh comedians not every comedian but i mean me definitely is that you know i, I like when there's a little bit of risk getting to
0: the gig right yeah you don't want to get your uh, your van broken into that's what that's what Oakland is famous for right now man so we'll keep you on your toes out here George because uh, you keep us on our toe on our toes with your humor and I'm glad that you mentioned that you go to where the people are because that's one thing that I've always admired about your comedy man is that you know I've been following you for years like many of us have and you are of the people you know that that, that's that's always been like a signature of yours is that you speak to us um, through your experience and and that's why so much of your comedy resonates with us man so so how how have you been able to just just kind of stay on top of you know topics and material and things like that over the years um as your comedy evolves like what's what's your method
1: uh, yeah you know that's a that's a really good point i don't think anybody's ever asked me that you know so when i grew up you know in the valley you know my grandparents raised me my my uh you know mom was not the healthiest person so whenever I would say whenever you see a kid being raised by a grandparent, you don't have to really look that far to see either one or both parents are a little bit loquitos. You know? Right, right, uh, right, right. It my, happens, man. My mom was a little bit disabled, but she wasn't disabled enough to be able to leave the house and then come back with a new T V. Like I don't we don't know how how she did it.
0: <laughs> Just out of nowhere? So she like... had
1: like the gift of she had the gift of gab. I don't think she was she wasn't a really she wasn't a good reader you know she was on a lot of medication and uh i'm not sure how somebody could be on all that medication and end up with a washer and dryer in the afternoon hey
0: you know hey you know you know how rasa is george we're, we're gonna figure out a way if there's if there's a will there's a way that's how we go, get down you know,
1: my, my grandmother would get home and go you gotta pay for that <laughs> what i need receipt they don't just give it to you no no the man said that to, to take you know and, and um and my grandmother was another just a person that was set in her ways you know i remember one time in the late 60s we sent her some flowers and it was in this kind of woman uh, we got it at the at the at the, at the gift shop at, at in the san fernando hospital it, i remember my grandma said i can only throw you the flower and, and 35 years later that thing was still on the windowsill and when i took it out when i re- when i removed it she's like hey where did that lady go holding the flowers yeah. yeah, that lady hasn't had a
0: flowers since 1969. <laughs> Ay, abuelita, give us up. Oh, that's dude. Yeah. I
1: mean, you know, every you lift the carpet up, man, and it's like everything doesn't smell until somebody decides to vacuum. You right, know? Right. I mean, everything smells. <laughs> right,
0: right. George, see, this, this is what I'm talking about, man. The the material has always been so relatable. I mean, again, it's just emanating from you, and uh, we appreciate that because you know we're living in some weird times right now, man. And I know comics they they get a lot of uh, they, they get a lot of a lot of pushback sometimes because. Because you know you're not a preacher, you're not a politician, but yet people do turn to comics for for so much release and for so much relief. Do you kind of view that as kind of like a responsibility of yours? I mean, you've been in the game for so long and at such a high level. Do you ever feel like, man, like people are really turning to me for for r- relief in their life?
1: Well, I don't think they're turning. I don't think I would say they're necessarily turning to a comedian, but I mean, you know, it, it's that foxhole mentality. You know, it, early on, I mean, years ago, but even before had any success. You know, they would say, you know, if you pick one side, you know, you, the other side's gonna get upset. I think, you know, even mentioned like go back to Johnny Carson where like he, he went on both sides, you know. And then a lot of people, you know, stay uh quiet. A lot of Latino entertainers, a long list of them that stay stay quiet during the last administration, I did not. But they chose to because they said, you know, I have friends that, you know, wear red hats and you know, you know, upset them. And if you are a comedian and you're afraid of upsetting anybody, then you're really not a comedian anymore. You know, you're just, you're just kind of picking and choosing in order to be a free thinker, you have to be able to think freely and to be able to speak freely. So I, I went through a, a period there where I got a lot of death threats. And I mean, I, really, I would say like, you know, they say, Hey, you're getting death threats. And, you know, and I said, well, you know, I've been getting death threats. You know, we get them as soon as you're old enough to watch the beans, you know. You <laughs> exactly. water every 10 minutes. <laughs> hey, you're burning the Hey, turn that cartoons off. We're watching the beans. You know, so, so to me, they were all anonymous, you know. Yeah. And I think, you know, uh, uh, my joke was, uh, yeah, that's why I respected my grandmother so much because she told me to my face. She never sent an anonymous
0: note. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. That is that. That's the okay. beauty. That's the beauty of family. And I feel like family is where, where we're going to get our uh, our first hecklers, and you know, hopefully, our first supporters too. Yeah. But, but I'm glad. You know, I'm glad that you're touching on this stuff because you know, before before we get into um, some of the stuff that you're doing right now, and I'm I'm, I'm really looking forward to your children's book series. I do want to ask you just one thing about comedy and the evolution of comedy. I mean, like I said, you know, you've you've been around doing it at such a high level for so long. What what's the biggest difference that you see in the comedy world, or is there one um, from when you first Started to where we're at now in 2023.
1: Well, there's definitely more Latino comedians, you know, comedians, and uh, you know the one thing about uh, African American comedians is that they always had a a, a uh, level of respect for the people that came before them, uh, Richard Pryor, and you know there was other comedians, you know, Dick Gregory and stuff. And in the Latino community, man, I, I I don't see that respect given to me or to Paul. I mean, Paul fell off, you know, about those. You know, crying on podcasts. I mean, I mean, I can't control him, but there's kind of this kind of thing where these guys uh, have thought that they have invented it themselves. You know, mm. like when it's people have been doing it for a long time, and 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 a lot better than guys who have been doing it for a short time. So, you know, I just think it's part of the the NVIDIA of our of our culture that instead of saying, uh, "Hey, man, congratulations on getting that car," you're like, "Hey, how are you going to pay for that?" You know, So, yeah, it's just kind of it's kind of designed into the culture, which I understand it. I was there in the beginning. You know, I'm here. I'm here now. And I really don't look at it. I think if you were a fighter, you wouldn't other than the first time look at somebody on tape to see the way they fought. But I, you see guys, you kind of know what they are. And, uh, you know, I just kind of manage to very keep a very tight circle around me and just really just only worry about what I'm doing and not what everybody else is.
0: Yeah, you know, that's a great analogy, man, the, uh, the boxing, uh, the boxer, the fighter analogy, man, because you're, you're absolutely right. Man. And, and I could imagine that, you know, getting ready for uh, whether it's a tour like the, like the one that you're on right now, the All Right Tour, which, by the way, just want to remind everybody again tomorrow, the 14th at the uh, Historic Paramount in Oakland, the one and only George Lopez is going to be doing his thing. Um, but, yeah, there, there, there are like levels of preparation that you have to go through. Is there anything in particular that you do for right before you go on the road for a, a big tour or a big show?
1: Well, you know, every show that I do, I, I get transcribed. So, that, so you know, if I get back on a Monday, you know, the, maybe the next day, they, they write it all out. I go through it, pull stuff out, keep stuff in. So, you know, one of the things that has that really has been the reason I still do stand-up is everything that has come out of my life and the things that I've done and the shows that I'm doing and currently doing, even with even with my own daughter, mine, I only have one daughter, we're, we're doing the show and uh, that's all come from, being, from doing stand-up. So, you know, I look at it like, you know, my grandmother always had a sartén on the pan ready to cook, and I think you just have to always be, have something ready to cook, you know. Yeah. And, and uh, the disconnection, I think, for me and stand-up will only come at the end when I decide, you know, not to, not to do it any, anymore. I've always still stayed connected to it. And, and from that has come all of the other jobs. So one job has gotten all the other jobs.
0: You know, as somebody who's uh, who's been a, a follower of yours and a fan of yours for a long time, George, it's, I got to tell you, it's really hard to imagine a comedy world without George Lopez in it, if I'm being 100% honest with you, because you've been such a fixture and at such a high level for so long. Um, I, 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 I'm not looking forward to that day, but luckily you are here today, and like I said, you'll be uh, at the Paramount Theater in Oakland tomorrow, the 14th of October. Before I let you go, though, I do want to talk to you about something that really caught my eye, that I, I'll be honest with you, I wasn't aware of this, but you have a children's book series series um can you tell us a little bit about that man because i'm i'm that's really i'm really curious about that what's going on with that
1: yeah there's three books you know um i've I've had some success in writing you know books adult books the first one why you're crying and the other one you know when i turned 50 and um i used to sit around man and and look at the moon when i was a kid i spent a lot of lonely time a lot of my friends played football I didn't play football my grandmother didn't want me to get hurt crazy because she was the one hurting me but I'm, I'm kind of glad I, di- I didn't uh, play football but you know I had a lot of time to, to think I spent a lot of time alone I still do it's not a bad thing but I would look at the moon I would look at the the the, the moon and think where are all the people that are going to be in my life when I get older and through that story I you know things come to you they get approached to you I thought yeah why not why don't I let these kids in on kind of a, uh, an idea that if you don't come from the best family, if you don't come from mother and father situation or brothers and sisters, I'm an only child, that doesn't mean that you're doomed. You know, a lot of things, you, times you think, well, I don't have this, I don't have that. I think it, it, it might be an edge that somebody who has everything doesn't have. So I decided to make these books and, and, and have an imaginary friend. You know, you see it's like a chupacabra that he sees and he's looking to find and return to his family and I'm looking to find a family. And through that, I met a guy, Ryan Calejo in Miami, uh, and he and I have collaborated on, the, on three great stories. Two are already out. The haunted piñata was almost from a from a day of the dead party I went to. And then uh, there's one, the next one is the screaming sombrero. And it's all mystical. It's all kind of relatable to our homes, you know, and our, and our culture and our society, our schools, and what kids might be going through and it, 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 it's really a simple read, but then again, if you really kind of look at it, I think it's more complex than that.
0: No, you know what, George? I, I'm I'm fascinated, man, and, and, and I applaud you. I applaud you for, for going to that length to, like, fulfill a, a childhood dream, because you saw this, like you just said, you saw this in your mind's eye when you were a child, and now you're actually making it uh, come to life, man, so I applaud you for that. Uh, before I let you go, George, again, I want to thank you so much for your time. I know it's uh, very valuable. But let, me, and... let
1: me tell you this, Rudy. Go let me, for let it. Me tell you th- let me tell you this. You know, the, the, a lot of people right now think about, man, manifestation and they say, I want to do this. You know, I want to do that. And uh, unbeknownst to me, I've been manifesting things my whole life. I've been saying things, you go and do it, you go and get it. You you say it, you don't think that's going to be mine. You just, you just say it and then do whatever you need to do to get, to be able to do it. I mean, crazy stuff man I saw Michael J Fox with my best friend Ernie in 1980 he had a show on NBC and he had the number one movie which was Back to the Future and I remember looking at Ernie we were looking at Michael J Fox and I told him hey man what do you think it's like to have the, a show on NBC and have the number one movie of all of, of 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 that time you know and uh just a couple of months ago when the movie I can't talk about it but when the movie came out I had both and it, and then it, I realized that hey I said it in 81. I made it happen in, in 2023, but I said it. Yeah. So, um, a lot of times people keep thoughts to themselves, but don't be afraid to say it, even if you say it to yourself. And then when, it, when things come around, you'll feel that it was something that you put out there already.
0: Absolutely. Man, absolutely. You're giving me chills right now, George. Honestly, man, I mean, you're, you're you're talking about the power of speaking life into something, man. And 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 I, I truly, truly appreciate that. And I'm glad that uh, you're sh- sharing that knowledge with us. Somebody out there definitely needs to hear it, man. So um, again, George Lopez at the Historic Paramount Theater tomorrow, October 14th in Oakland. George, we really appreciate your time. If you got anything you want to say to the Bay Area, man, you know, I want to give you the last word. The floor is yours.
1: Hey, yeah, I love you so much, everybody. Come out. Hey, I'm a huge Raider fan. I've always been. I, and when the Rams came back to L.A., I said, "No, nah, I said, I said, Charlie, hey, I'm with, I'm with the guys." It's almost like it's almost like having a stepfather. And then I've been <laughs> with them ever since. The things that shine the brightest may not necessarily be the best. I enjoyed them when they were back out there in the, in, in Oakland, man.
0: Absolutely, and we do miss oh, them out right really? here. They're in Vegas now, so L.A. and Oakland are both looking at it like, damn, man, they, they left both of us. Huh? They went to they went to Nevada. So, hey, man, again, we— the, the,
1: the games are great. All oh, right, no, Rudy, thank
0: you, man. All right, right on. George George Lopez, the one and only, uh, tomorrow, Saturday, October 14th at the historic Paramount Theater. Make sure to check us out in the morning right here on KBLX 102.9, the best throwbacks in R&B.